Go with me now to Lamentations chapter 3. We are beginning the Advent season in just a few days, the season of hope. And Sunday is Hope Sunday. And yet we are in this place in our world where hope seems to be fleeting or just out of order. And so I want to share with you tonight from Lamentations chapter 3. I am going to read verses 1 through 3 and 17 through 24. The verses will be on the screens, but you are welcome to open your electronic devices and to follow along. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version Updated Edition. The lamenter says this, I am the one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone, he turns his hand again and again, all day long. In verse 17, he says, My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, gone is my glory. And all that I had hoped for from the Lord. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this, but this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. <laughs> Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. We have gathered in this place, O oh God, not for a word from Jasmine, but expecting a word from you. So, holy God, speak, for your servants are listening, and hide this servant behind that old rugged cross, so that everything that is said and everything that is heard comes straight from you. This is your servant's prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. In 1992, my mother was the pastor of the Calvary United Methodist Church right across the railroad tracks in the West End 
here in Atlanta. And there was a song from the Mississippi Children's Choir. And it was called, There Is Hope. The song said, people are dying every day. Drugs are taking them away. Children are crying all around. A solution must be found. Gangs are destroying all our schools. No more interest in the golden rule. took prayer out of the class. Tell me how long will this last? And then the choir director, his name was Russell. He would say, now put on your big voice. And then we sing the chorus with our big voices, Ted. And it went, yes, Lord, there is hope. There is hope for all. There is hope. There is hope, Lord. There is hope. As long as Jesus is alive, there is hope. with singing that song as a 10-year-old is that you start expecting hope. As a 10-year-old, you expect people to stop dying at the hands of drugs and drug dealers. You expect children to have what they need and not to be out in the streets begging and raising themselves and trying to come up with rent money. As a 10-year-old, you expect a solution to gangs in your schools and for people to actually know what the golden rule is. You expect hope. And you pay the price when you keep asking, I thought God was going to do it. In Lamentation 1, we meet a soldier. That's what the Hebrew noun means. It actually means I am a soldier. I am a one who knows how to fight. I am one who knows how to win. I am one who wages battles and ends them. He says, I am the one who has seen affliction. 
Even though I know how to win, even though I know what the fight is going to take, even though I know what the end is supposed to be, I'm still in the middle of it. I am still experiencing it. I am still working through it. I am the one. who has seen affliction, who has been up in the midnight hour without any light on and wondering if the darkness will ever go away. He has complaints. Do any of you have complaints? I tell our congregation all the time, stop complaining, do something about it. of complaints. I want to complain about the underhoused and hungry and illiterate children that literally live right there. I have complaints about the rising depression and suicide rates, especially the ones that are claiming our black boys every day. I have complaints about hatred and racism and sexism and homophobic policies and actions. I have complaints. I have complaints about morally and spiritually and ethically bankrupt politicians and church leaders. I have complaints about preachers that want to concentrate more on grandstanding and pretty words than on transformational teaching. Did I step on the toe? I saw him. I have complaints about congregations that would rather exist as country clubs instead of hospitals for sinners. I have complaints about wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters that are literally killing tens of thousands of people at one time. I have complaints about rampant gun violence. I have picked up bodies off of the front steps, the side steps, the parking lot, the back steps. I have complaints. I have complaints about healthcare trends that are killing us instead of nourishing us. And I have complaints about first world problems. The price of gas, groceries, and for this free and adventurous Sagittarius, airline tickets. Oh, I have complaints. I am the one who has seen affliction. But complaint or lament is the price of hope. You see, 
my favorite word. I live in a place of perpetual hope. I even have a sign that hangs in my room that reads hope. A feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. To expect with confidence. To trust. My whole entire world is about hope. I can't do my job without hope. Because if I just went on with what I see in front of my face, oh! <laughs> Lament is the price of hope. Because hope makes you expect. Hope makes you anticipate. Hope makes you trust. Hope requires that God is God. So when we sing, yes, there is hope, and you're 10 years old, and you believe the words that you're singing, because it's church, y'all, you begin to expect hope and you pay the price because over and over again you begin to ask, Lord, how long? The lamenter in chapter 3 drowns us in the price of hope. If you, if you read the rest of the verses, he talks about darkness and abandonment and bitterness and death and more darkness and unanswered prayers and attacks and being mocked and being without peace and, and without all that I had hoped for from the Lord. It's because like many of us, the lamenter has brought, bought into the promise of hope. Maybe the lamenter had church mothers or mentor pastors or grandmothers or faith-filled friends who told them things like, baby, trouble don't last always. Maybe somebody told them that God promised never to leave them nor forsake them. Maybe they read the gospel, Mary, that says, do not worry. God takes care of the lilies of the fields. How much more does he care for you? The lamenter has paid the price for buying into the promises that lead us to live in hope. And the truth of the matter is that you and I and the lamenter would have nothing to complain about if they did not have, if we did not have the expectation of the promise of hope. There would be no need for verse 18 and all 
that I had hoped for from the Lord. But then, just like the lamenter, we are arrested by the realization that hope has never been transactional. Hope was never our idea. Hope was never ours to buy. Hope was never ours to promise. Hope does not belong to us. Hope is a gift to us. Hope belongs to God. Hope is paid for through the sacrifice of Jesus the Christ. Hope is promised through the movement of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Of course our spirits think of it continually. When there is nothing else, these three remain. Faith. Hope and love. Even the Proverbs remind us the hope of the righteous end in gladness. But the expectation of the wicked comes to nothing. Why? Why does the hope of the righteous end in gladness? And the expectation of the wicked end in nothing. Hope requires a price to be paid. Hope requires a promise to be made. Hope requires a propensity toward recollection. The Oxford Dictionary tells me that propensity means an inclination, a disposition, a natural tendency in a moral sense towards something to behave in a certain way. Okay. <laughs> Recollection means a memory of something. The ability to remember things, the act or power of recalling to mind. And then, but, that's another one of my favorite words. <laughs> it's, it's a conjunction used to introduce a phrase or a cause contrasting with what has already been mentioned or used to indicate the impossibility of anything other than is being said. And then therefore. <laughs> therefore is an adverb meaning for that reason or consequently. And you remember hope, right? 
You, you remember the sign on my wall at home that says hope. It says to expect with confidence, anticipation, or to trust. The lamenter says, but this, but this I, I, the one who has seen affliction, affliction, the one who has been in the darkness, the one who has had her bones broken, the one who has been in bitterness and tribulation, the one who ah. the one who remembers all the stuff that's hitting the fan. But this I call to mind. Don't you expect the lamenter to call to mind all the bitterness? Don't you expect the lamenter to call to mind all the darkness, Ruby? Don't, don't, don't you expect the lamenter to call to mind when she called you that name and you wanted to... And then it says, and therefore, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The people of God were created with a propensity to hope. When the rubber hits the road, when the end has come, when the worst is the worst, when there is nothing left to do, we hope! Preacher, how do you know that the people of God have a propensity toward this recalled but therefore hope? Keep reading. See, did you notice the word this in there? What is the this? But this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That's a price paid. God's mercies never come to an end. That's a promise kept. They are new every morning. That's another promise kept. Great is God's faith. 
That's a pretty song we sing on Sunday mornings. Great is God's faithfulness. No, baby, that's another price paid so that you get to live in hope. Great is God's faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. In other translations, it says the Lord is my inheritance. In yet other translations, it says the Lord is all I have. <laughs> Hallelujah! Another promise kept. And then here comes that word again. Therefore! Say it with me. Therefore, say it like you believe it. Therefore, I will hope in God. That's your propensity. I know things are bad. They've been bad. If not for you, they've been bad for somebody else. So what? It's Advent. We hope, we expect, we prepare for hope. So go out of here and preach hope, teach hope, share hope, speak hope, expect hope, prepare for hope, be hope. The price has been paid. The promise has been kept. You have a propensity for hope whether you want it or not. So all I came to say today is this. the one who has seen affliction. I am the one who has seen the darkness. I am the one who has wondered in the midnight hour if God still cares. I am the one who wonders if we're going to make it. I am the one who can't stand another murder. I am the one who can't to see another child left by the wayside. I am the one who is going through. I am the one who has seen the affliction and it's all I think about. My soul continually thinks about it, but this I call to mind. <laughs> yes! And therefore, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.